Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Avoid rising energy prices and get a smarter home energy solution with B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at gltcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the First Serve. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night, the uh, 13th of uh, June. Brett Phillips in the chair following a, a big Queen's birthday of AFL footy right here in Melbourne or NRL, of course, up in Sydney, wherever you are listening tonight around the country. Your calls are always welcome. one 736 736 Your text tonight, 0433981116. Eleven sixteen. Thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, beautiful prices, free delivery on orders over one hundred and fifty dollars. You can visit tennisdirect.com.au. You'll get that nice little ten percent discount store wide using the promo code First Serve One Zero. Get amongst that uh, tonight. Coming up on the B Solar menu, the latest on tour, as always, the evolution of paddle tennis UTR. And certainly your feedback, uh, your calls, as I mentioned, right throughout the show, one 736 736 Or Queen's birthday, of course, a special day on the footy calendar here in Melbourne, the big freeze uh, behind a great cause to fight for a cure for MND, motor neurons disease, which uh, I imagine for you out there means different things. So if you've been through it uh, with a family member personally or know of someone that's had uh, motor neurons, it's a debilitating disease and the... Uh, well, the fight is on and we'll continue to fight for a cure. We learnt, of course, in the build-up that there would be a tennis flavour amongst today's sliders. Can she slice the ice? Ladies and gentlemen, Ash Barty. Ash, a huge roar for the MCG for you. You need to take the gown off, though, because we've got to do the reveal. The inspiration behind this? I'm a child. I'm an absolute child. It turns out they don't make adult costumes to be Rafiki, so I'm fitting into a 12-year-old's costume. We're fine. We'll be right. When you retired, did you think you'd be at the MCG dressed up as Rafiki? A girl can dream, can't she? No, this is an incredible day, an incredible cause, and I'm so proud to be a small part of a celebration that is just bringing awareness to an incredible man. I mean, Neil is just just brilliant, uh, and I'm so glad that I could be a part of it. You would have had a couple of ice baths over the journey? I can, but none where I've been rubbed up like this. I'm looking forward to it. Off you go. The reigning Wimbledon and Australian Open champion, ladies and gentlemen, retired as the undisputed number one in the world. She is our Ash Barty, Rafiki from the Lion King. She thought her ice bath days were done. Think again, Ash, because you are going down into this very, very cold bath. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody's favourite, the great Ash Barty. Three, two, one. Away she goes. In she goes in a cold bath. 
like she's felt probably many, many times. There she is, the reigning Wimbledon Australian Open champion, of course, recently retired. She's our favourite here in Australia. Put your hands together for Ash Barty! Worse or better than you thought? Absolutely so much better, except I can't breathe in this thing. It's, um, look, incredible. So much fun, a lot of fun with all of our sliders and hell of a day. So, Rod Labour, Wimbledon, Roland Garros, Flushing Meadow. Did you ever think you'd perform in front of, what is it now, 70,000 of the G? I hope I perform a little bit better on the tennis court, but this is just the most beautiful day for the right reasons. Like I said, Neil's an incredible man and bringing awareness to such a beast is so important. I hope that we can all do our thing, get behind it, put your beanie on and what, what a day, what a day. You've taken on a lot of tough opponents. Can you believe how Neil has taken on the undefeated champ in the beast? No, he, he is exceptional. Um, there is nothing, there's no better word that describes him. He's an inspiration for all of us. The way that he fights, continues to fight, um, to bring awareness and, it, I mean, what a scene. What, what a way to do it. We have a bit of fun with it. Make, make some people smile, yeah. um, make, people, make people laugh, have some fun and do what we can to try and bring awareness and, and one day do our part to find a solution. Tell me, if it wasn't Rafiki, what was it going to be? I had so many options. I, I mean, everything was Disney. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child after all, but uh, it's, it's been a hell of a day with so many incredible sliders, and, and now we get to watch a great game of footy, and I hope that everyone here has had a smile on their face. Uh, it's brought me so much joy, and it's been a hell of a thing to be a part of. Well done, Ash. She uh, played her part at the MCG uh, today. We certainly miss her on the tennis court, uh, but she got behind a great cause, also receiving the Queen's birthday honours amongst many other great Australians, uh, we just continue to salute uh, the great Ash Barty. I'll tell you, I wouldn't, didn't think it would take him too long. Only, uh, what, four and a half minutes in. Uh, Harry from Belmore up in beautiful New South Wales. Hey, uh, great to have you on the show. Hey, uh, Brett. Uh, look, uh, Ash will come back like Clem Clisters and Martina Hingis. You're confident I'm sure she's coming back? come back. We'll uh, watch this space, Harry. Uh, because... Um, I saw uh, the match uh, in the quarterfinal of the Australian when Clisters mm -hmm. played Hingis. Leisters, yep. I thought I would get even money about Clisters. Leisters, All yep. I got was a dollar forty. It was a great match with Clisters once <laughs> and ended up winning the Australian uh, Open. Yeah. Look, you mentioned la last week Michelle Bowery. She was the daughter of Leslie and Bill. Yes. Indeed. Uh, did. Yeah, she's a very good player. Uh, when I was playing Tremlett Cup, Bill was playing uh, President's Cup for Balmain. And he was another one. Had the worst-looking serve you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. But they fixed it up. I remember him playing Arthur Ashe. Yep. And uh, and Arthur Ash, uh, we had a good junior from Queensland called Ken Fletcher. Yes. And I went to White City, and Arthur Ash just took poor Ken apart. Arthur Ash won Wimbledon, but he had a bit of a heart complaint, mm. and he went in for surgery, and they gave him a blood transfusion. Yep. And in the blood transfusion, there was AIDS. 
and Arthur got it mm. and passed away. That's why they named the Arthur Ashe Stadium in America. Uh, indeed. Uh, H, uh, thank you very much. Uh, nicely okay. done by you. Thank you, Harry. Great call. Uh, you always um, yeah, take us down a storyline. That Not so great for the, the great Arthur Ashe, but I've been to Arthur Ashe Stadium. It is something else, uh, the biggest stadium uh, in tennis over there in New York, mate. Really appreciate the call. Uh, Brett off the text had both my daughters, respectively, at the Ely Park Blackburn Tournament and Waverley Tennis Tournament at Doveton Tennis Club this weekend. Just want to give uh, full credit to both clubs for running well-organised tournaments despite the rain delays. Thank you, Chris and Derrimut, passionate tennis fans. Now, wherever you have been around Melbourne today, I reckon you would have heard the roar when Collingwood won at the MCG in the last half hour. I want to play you a little roar, a little... Uh, uh, a crowd reaction here from a Dutchman who came from the clouds. This is what you love about sport. Now, I love the underdog. I love the underdog in sport. And a Dutchman saluted. The fairy tale week is complete for Tim van Leithoven. A man coming into this week that had won a single match on the ATP Tour has become the first Dutchman to win this event on home soil in 19 years. He takes out the man that will take over as the world number one on Monday. It's some story. He takes the acclaim of the locals. Van Rijthoven wins the Lebema Open. This is new for me, so uh, it's going to take some time getting used to. But, I mean, what a dream this week. I'd like to thank the tournament organization and uh, Octagon for the wild card this week. I mean, without them, this week wasn't even possible. Uh, I wouldn't even play here. I would probably play somewhere in England on a, on a Challenger level tour. So, so very special thanks to you. Furthermore, I would like to thank my team for just staying humble the whole week, just doing the normal things, not making this thing any bigger than it was, which I, I'm also that kind of person, which is, you know, we're just hitting a tennis ball, which is uh, not very special if you look at it from afar. Your support was just incredible this week. I would like to show my huge respect to Daniel. I mean, you're a great player. I've watched you on TV many times. And now to play you myself, I mean, it's for me, it's, it was already a dream to play you. And to be playing this well against you was just amazing. So, yeah, it was an honor for me to share the court with you. You're for sure going to win many more titles. And uh, I'll see you hopefully in the future more times on the court. Beautifully spoken. Uh, what, a, what a surprise. Uh, up 99 spots to 106 in the world. He's 25. He was the world number 205 the lowest-ranked tour-level finalist this season. So got in courtesy of the wildcard. It's interesting. We've been talking a lot about wildcards this year and the worthiness of the wildcards. So an event in the Netherlands, they can give a, lo a local a wildcard. His second tour-level main draw defeats Matthew Ebden, the Australian, in the first round. Hugo Gaston, the lefty from France, in the second. Felix Auger-Aliassime in an incredible um, match. He also beat Taylor Fritz, and he beats... The number one in the world has gone back to number one, taking the spot of Djokovic, Daniil Medvedev, and he saved his best for last, 6-4, 6-1. Quite extraordinary indeed. Uh, Maddie Ebden, Max Purcell, runner-up at this uh, event in uh, Sir Hogan, Her Toggenbosch in the Netherlands. 
uh, one of the great places, of course, on the planet. Uh, going down to Kulov and uh, Skupski, the number two seeds. A man who returned to the tour uh, this week, the Italian, Matteo Berrettini. Sieger, Boss Open 2022, Matteo Berrettini. Uh, he got it done, Matteo. Missed the whole clay court season. Uh, coming back to win the ATP 250 in Stuttgart. Uh, beat Andy Murray, sixth ATP title. He missed, as I mentioned, uh, that whole clay court swing with the injury to the right hand. He's 23-6 and six on grass last year's Wimbledon finalist. So he does like the quick surface, the forehand. Certainly got to work the serve forehand combination. And uh, second time he's won Stuttgart. So he's 9-0 and at that event. Andy Murray, 35 years of age. He's still going. He's still going, Andy, just uh, plying away. He's got those metal hips and he's uh, giving it absolutely everything. Uh, beats Kyrgios, of course, and the uh, hella blue that unfolded there in the uh, semi-final, uh, which drew me to Twitter. I'm not a big social media um, active tweeter, to be fair to say, but uh, that got my goat on the weekend. And I know there's the, uh, the accusations of the racial slur against uh, Nick. And I don't condone racism. No one does, clearly. But uh, my tweet was sent out before that about the carry-on with smash rackets and uh, berating chair umpires and everything else. But that's the standard week. Uh, Hubert Hukac, uh, Mate Pavic took out the doubles in that tournament. Uh, Jordan Thompson, he's had a couple of good weeks on the grass. A win and runner-up to Dan Evans, who plays a very good grass court game, uh, particularly with that slice the number one seed, a little too good for Tomo overnight in Nottingham on the ATP Challenger Tour, uh, four and four, but uh, nine wins out of his last 10 matches, a return to form, returns to about 70 in the world because the ranking had been slipping uh, closer to 100. Uh, Jason Kubler, all enjoying the Jason Kubler story. Now, he did have to retire in his final. He was also going for back-to-back uh, titles. He's got his ranking back to 100 exactly. We know it's been as high as 91. Now, the good part is that there's no serious injury for Jason. He had some bad stomach issues. Of course, you're only allowed to take one bathroom break. He wanted to go and have another one just so he could get himself together. He had stomach issues right throughout the week, um, which prevented him from just being able to move. Two tough sets of humidity in Orlando was uh, pretty oppressive. Uh, went down to Yibing Wu, uh, the Chinese player, who, through COVID, just couldn't get out of the country to play and was tough for the Chinese players, probably more than a lot of the other internationals. Uh, but he's a fine, fine young talent. But Kubler, back to 100 in the world. It's been a very good recovery. On the women's side, it was Ekaterina Alexandrova who uh, saluted... Games at the match. Alexandrova. The second title of her career. Her first on grass. Ekaterina Alexandrova, the champion here at the Lebeima Open in Sotogenbosch. A tremendous concluding performance to a fine week for her, her very best on this surface by some distance. And, well, Dad, you should be delighted. She clearly is. And she has really seen off Sabalenka in some style. Some style indeed. Top seed uh, rallied from a breakdown in the opening set to win 11 of the last 12 games. Uh, first title this year, first grass court title. She's 20-11, and 11, just a tough year for Sabalenka, really struggling. Uh, she was really being earmarked uh, to maybe take that number one spot. Uh, at some point, and even though she's still inside uh, the top 10, she has, um, had not been able to put together a good year of tennis at all, uh, just split 
with her coach, and uh, there's a there's a bit going on in uh, that regard. Ellen Perez, nice work, Ellen. Uh, the Aussie taking out the doubles in her Togenbosch with uh, Tamara Shadanshik. And this is a good win too, a Brazilian win. They don't come too often on the tour, and it happened, of course, in Nottingham, the WTA 250. It's gone long. It is the championship. Beatrice Haddad Meyer, a standing ovation in Nottingham. Her coach, Rafael, finally smiles. A three-set victory over Alison Risk, who's generous in defeat. A tenth defeat in WTA finals for Alison Risk. Yeah, it's a little tough for Risk. A three and ten in finals, that is tough. Uh, but Haddad Meyer, you might remember, made the Australian Open women's doubles final with Danilina from Kazakhstan. A surprise unseated pairing back in January. Well, she's been around on the circuit for quite some time. It's got a ranking now inside the top uh, 50, and everyone has their moment in the sun, particularly in a sport like tennis at different stages. Some very, very young, and, of course, others uh, well into their uh, well into their 30s. So Beatrice Haddad Meyer, magnificent work. One of the doubles as well. And last but not least, Bill, her dad, might be listening tonight. Jamie Foolis, what a great couple of weeks for the Melburnium. Back-to-back wins, her ranking back inside the top 200, beautiful ball striker. 17, she won the Australian Open wildcard playoff. Um, had a few tough years with injury, uh, but Jamie has put two very good weeks together, a 60K, a 25K win, 31 and 12 for the year. So we want one of our Australian female players to really stand up and go to the next level and get a few more inside the top 100. All our results thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education across the globe. Our courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. Learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed. You can inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. Uh, Greg's in beautiful Strathbogie. G'day, Greg. How are you, mate? Very How are well. you going? Very well. Yourself? Yeah, love your work, mate. You can turn any story. Collingwood beating in Melbourne, you turn into a tennis story. Well done. But um, I am the underdog. You and I haven't played yet. We've got to do that yet. Well, how, I've, how I've got to get start up. Will you yeah. give me? Oh, no. I've got to get up to beautiful Strathbogie. <laughs> nice part of you the world. You do, mate. We've got, got the odd grass court there. <laughs> but isn't it interesting, if you win the last point in tennis, yes. does that mean you've won the match? If you win the last, uh, if you win the last point in tennis. In a match? Yeah. You would think Pretty so. Pretty simple game, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. would think so, hey? <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were giving me a trick question there, Greg, for a moment. <laughs> no, no, that's what you've got to do, mate. Any, any underdog can win tennis. They just yeah. have to hit it over the net one more time. Yep. Love your work, mate. Thank you for covering tennis all over the world. Bring us up to date with how Australians are going. Go on, you, Greg. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, there's plenty there, isn't it? We do a show here, obviously. We've got a lot going on. We've got a website if you want to track that during the week, thefirstserve.com.au, and all our socials if you want to... Follow us across any social media platform. Uh, it's a, a seven-day operation covering the world of tennis. There is a match every day of the year, uh, pretty much. Uh, we're going to, uh, after the break, uh, talk some paddle tennis. It's uh, something that's really growing around the world. And we'll hear from Todd Woodbridge a little bit later on. We'll tell you about one of our new podcasts, the SA Scene. Uh, but up next, uh, Matt Levy to join me from one paddle right here in the studio. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Uh, great to have your company on this uh, Monday night, a little earlier uh, tonight, following uh, Queen's birthday uh, football. Uh, there are the results uh, for you. Of course, you, you want a more comprehensive 
uh, breakdown. Our website has a full wrap of uh, the ATP, the WTR, the ITF uh, tours uh, today, particularly all the Aussies, our team of riders at thefirstserve.com.au. Uh, also need to mention the Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a little mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone, perfect also for coaches and players. We've got to get in and see Tim Connolly uh, this week. If you're coming from interstra- interstate as well to train and compete, uh, very close to Melbourne Airport, accommodation available. You can find out more at humetennis.com.au. Well, I think I made mention on the show a few weeks ago, I took the first serve team down to play some paddle tennis. For those of you that might have gone to the Australian Open uh, back in January, who um, uh, cover the whole precinct uh, much more vastly than I do, because I'm in a cocoon inside Rod Laver Arena, will have noticed a paddle court uh, set up at on uh, Grand Slam Oval. And paddle tennis has really evolved around the world and trying to also make its mark uh, here in Australia. But there's a terrific facility down at uh, the Docklands, not far from uh, the Balti Bridge and Marvel Stadium, uh, where paddle tennis has got certainly a presence uh, here in Melbourne. Matt Levy is heading that up along with his uh, team. He was good enough to host us about uh, three or four weeks ago now. It's great to have you, Matt, in the studio. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me. It is something that is uh, certainly clearly on the agenda, isn't it, Uh, around the world and uh, through what you've set up here and some other interstate venues, uh, Tennis Australia, also looking to uh, get involved, but for those that maybe haven't quite got their head around it, just give us a little brief introduction, if you like, to, to paddle tennis and um, a bit about its history. Sure, certainly. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting space at the moment, paddle tennis. Um, for those who don't know anything about it or haven't seen it before, if you pictured a uh, tennis court two-thirds the size, fully enclosed with mesh on the sides, glass on the back and the side panels, you'd have a paddle tennis court. Yep. Mostly they're synthetic grass courts. Um, all played in doubles format, same as tennis scoring, underarm serve, fast, fun, and uh, yeah, it's a really good spectacle. Oh, I was pretty sore the next day. It's a good <laughs> and, workout. And hard work. And anyone who's played uh, squash, um, who would walk out of a squash court uh, dripping wet uh, from years gone by, it's sort of that, that combination of both, isn't it, where you're in that small area, there's a lot going on, and uh, and you're using, uh, using just about every part of your body. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny you mentioned squash. It, it is really that explosive, dynamic movement. First two or three steps are really important. Tennis, you probably got to cover 15 metres or more. Um, but yeah, it, it is really fast, uh, quick movement. So just, just for those who might be driving around or sitting at home who are just trying to understand, okay, you've given us sort of the dimensions. Explain just a, a couple, sort of the ruling, you know, the rules, a bit of the scoring. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, um, predominantly paddles played as doubles format. Um, tennis scoring, underarm serve. Yep. Now, the ball can hit the turf once. Mm. Now, once it hits the turf, it might then hit the glass. And then you can play the ball off the glass as long as it hasn't hit the turf a second time. Yep. So that adds that extra dimension. It's a 360-degree sport rather than tennis. You know, you're looking straight up and down at your net. That's where the squash players come in. They can start to use angles, um, you know, hit backwards off the walls, let it bounce off the glass, then play. Um, it, it's really, if tennis is checkers, they say paddles, chess. Yep, getcha. So how did you get involved in this in terms of constructing your own facility down there at the Docklands? Yeah, so so I'm one of four partners um, and, and I've got a tennis background initially when I was a bit younger and then I moved into building. Um, I had some clients who are in the hospitality space who uh, have one of the directors overseas in Amsterdam and, and two years ago he first made contact with us and said, hey, there's this sport called paddle tennis. Mm. It's exploding over here. Uh, we've got to get on board. Um, and so they initially just asked me 
if I could help out with the idea of designing and engineering the courts. And obviously with my tennis background, it, it sparked my interest. Yep. And I said, hey, I want in here, boys. Um, and so, you know, we formed a partnership. Okay. Uh, and two years later, we're opening up the courts in the Docklands. Yeah, nice. And your, your tennis club, Bo Morris? Yeah, I'm a Bo, Bo yeah. Morris lawn boy. Very nice club down there. Yep, yep. Great people down there too. Yeah, absolutely. Like all tennis clubs uh, right around the country. So before we talk about here... Just talk about how big and phenomenal it's become overseas. Now, I know about a couple of weeks ago you sent me a, a couple of uh, YouTube clips and you know, the, the crowd are going absolutely bonkers yeah. for this stuff. Just give us some numbers and the feel of it around the world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're just starting to hear about paddle here in Australia, but it has been around since 1969 in Mexico. Um, they recently sort of counted the numbers. We're talking 20,000 courts in Spain, 4 million players in Spain alone. So obviously they're the powerhouse of paddle. Mm. Then Argentina's got about 10,000 courts. And then scattered across Europe, there's another 10,000 courts now. To give you an idea where we are in Australia, we've got five paddle tennis clubs. But it's starting to happen. You know, yep. We're attracting overseas interest. There's a lot of money around for paddle. Um, people know that it's coming as a sport. And so there are the big internationals coming through. So is this to, say, complement the existing tennis facilities around the world, that here's a club and they've added paddle in, or there's yeah. also some, like your facility at the Docklands, there's um, standalone paddle facilities? It's interesting you say that. Um, different countries have adopted different models. Some countries have seen paddle as a competitor yep. and tennis and paddle don't mix. Um, I think Tennis Australia have taken a really smart approach and they've combined paddle um also some new formats pop uh, and pickleball as well as part of you know different models of tennis uh, under the banner of tennis australia so ta are the governing body for paddle um and so look in a perfect world and and a rollout of any sort hasn't happened yet we're not quite there but i envisage that tennis clubs could have say four tennis courts yep. and they might have an additional two that don't have the usage that they once did mm. and you could get three paddle courts on that so you could definitely have paddle and tennis all at the same club so a lot of the people who have come down and used your facility have you been able to get a feel of the audience are these uh, tennis players who are adding paddle uh, to what they would normally do playing at their local club every week or are you finding there's also sort of a, a new clientele if you like who are going i don't mind this game this is uh, smaller uh, maybe I don't have to be necessarily as skilled, but one thing I learned, once you start playing, it is yeah. a very, very skillful game that you need to, um, be able to, you know, to be able to play it effectively, understand the whole nuances of the core. But what are you finding out about <clears throat> excuse me, your clientele? Yeah, so we, we launched almost in line with the AO, uh, and we had an instant response. A lot of the initial crew that were coming through were, um, you know, the Italians, the Spanish uh, all the all the Europeans who've already played paddle, and yep. they said, "What took you so long?" You know, so we were had a concierge on side who was ready to show people how to play, and they're like, "Don't worry, we we've been, you know <laughs> we've played for ten years overseas." Yep. Um, but now that we've been established for about six months, uh, we've got a core group of of very good tennis players. We've got you know ex state grade tennis players down there on a Thursday night who are converting to paddle. We're starting to um, build our own brand of paddle you know, um, on a Thursday night and uh, these guys are getting really good. Absolutely. I, and I imagine, and we brought our crew down, but if we were coming week in, week out, you, you, I mean, I could even see just in the, what, a couple of hours that we were there, you could see certain people, okay, now I understand 
what you can and can't do and how to utilize the the whole court and from a, like their mind strategically we're starting to really think about it that if you did this every single week you could you could get pretty good at it absolutely it's a really um, steep learning curve maybe yep. the first three times you play you're improving so much but I think we tend to think of it just as doubles tennis with a bit more volleying and mm. You know, you think, oh, I'm a good tennis player. I'm, I'm going to be good at this. But after you've played three or four times, you start realizing, I can't get away with not using the walls. Yeah. I can't try and hit the ball with top spin. It's not going to work. I can't yeah. try and hit as hard as I possibly can. That's not going to work. And so the more you play, the more you, you know, adopt the nuances of, of paddle. No doubt. Uh, Matt Levy is our guest in the studio from One Paddle down at the Docklands. We'll give that a good plug at the end if you want to go down and have a hit. We'll squeeze in a break. We'll come back with more of Matt and just explore uh, where paddle is, is going. And there's talk of it becoming an Olympic sport in LA by 2028. That's how fast it's growing. The first serve, your home of tennis. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Green Life Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Uh, indeed, a little earlier on this uh, Queen's birthday Monday, you can follow us at thefirstserve.com.au, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if you like TikTok, YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, get your dose of tennis seven days a week. Uh, Matt Levy is with me from One Paddle, the evolution of paddle tennis we're discussing in the studio uh, tonight, of course, uh, a, a sport that is just huge in numbers across uh, parts of Europe, particularly Spain, uh, Argentina, uh, right across uh, Europe and the UK. Uh, talk of it becoming an Olympic sport uh, by 2028 in Los Angeles. What about the global investment in paddle just as, a, as a sport and a business globally? Yeah, it's a, it's a juggernaut. It's huge. There's big overseas companies that uh, own 100 venues plus. Uh, there's definitely been half a dozen or more of these companies out during the Australian Open um, looking to globally expand into Australia. Um, by the end of this year, I'd say we'll see uh, half a dozen clubs pop up around in and around Melbourne, um, also maybe country Victoria. There's you know, investors who come from a sporting background. We've got Jonas Bjorkman involved, yeah. um, you know, in one of the paddle clubs. And we've also got uh, Andy Murray, who's uh, involved in a company called Game for Paddle. Indeed. Sir Andy uh, Murray, who did come down to your facility. Brother Jamie, yep. uh, who else got? Michael Vaughan came down. Adam Gilchrist, Michael Hussey from Cricket Fame. Yep. We, How'd uh, they go? Oh, look, professional sportsmen, <laughs> you know, like the, the quick uptake. Uh, we, yep. were, we were playing with them over the AO period, all the, all the cricketers. Mm. And, uh, geez, those boys just got such good hand-eye, yeah, yeah. so competitive. Yep. You know, they played three or four times. Talk about the quick uptake. Um, yeah, they, they were great and great value. A bit like Ash Barty. Anything she just touches, uh, she can she can do on I'd a, on a dime. Uh, She'd be amazing. Tennis Australia, their involvement in bringing paddle down under and, and going forward, what does that look like? Because obviously they're interested. Um, they've got a team who are certainly looking at this and its development here in Australia. Yeah, look, we've enjoyed um, a close relationship with TA so far and um, obviously we worked in conjunction with them to build the paddle court that sat on GSO um, which was a great success they had 5,000 plus um, participants try paddle tennis uh, and we were lucky enough to get quite a few of those come down to to the docklands and and try um, but in terms of uh, TA's involvement yeah I think they really can see some expansion uh, maybe into into the clubs locally and uh, hopefully hopefully nationally. Callum Beal uh, is heading up that team and uh, we're also part of a, um, 
a paddle board, let's say, that are meeting to try and share our findings and really come together to find the best approach for, for paddle moving forward in Australia. Okay. And there's, what, an upcoming Australian uh, tour where some rankings points will be involved as well. Tell us about the tour. Yeah. So we've got, um, I think there's eight um, tournaments in total, um, which are played across the five different venues. Uh, the one we're most interested in, obviously, is when they come down to the Docklands uh, on the 8th and 9th of October, yep. which, which will be great. Um, but it's then going to be headed up with uh, the Australian Championships in, uh, in on the Gold Coast, KDV. Nice uh, facility, KDV. Yeah, uh, wouldn't mind facility. getting up there again. Uh, very, very good facility. So uh, what the Sydney Open, Perth Cup, Melbourne Classic, as you mentioned, 8th of October, the Australian Championships up on the, the Gold Coast. So... Worldwide, we talk about just some of those clips I mentioned earlier of um, some footage I saw, but how comprehensive is the tour worldwide? And um, is it the prize money? Uh, is there, obviously, there's professional paddle players who just do this, travelling the globe. Absolutely, yeah. They're, they're full-time athletes and uh, well-recognised superstars in, in Europe. Um, there's two different tours, actually. It's a bit controversial at the moment, the way it's all working. There's the World Paddle Tour, and then there's the uh, International federation of paddle tour yep so it's almost a bit like when uh there was two tours in tennis a long time ago mm. um so the rebel tour is coming out with more prize money and you know up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a tournament um whereas the world paddle tour which was the existing one has i think 24 um events on the calendar and they go across nine countries and and they're throwing around still a hundred hundred thousand euros for, wow. for a win yep. um so yeah it's it's really Big money, big stars involved, and and you know great athletes. Just try not to involve Greg Norman. Just leave him to golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg, you can't touch you. You can't touch battle uh, around the world. So, how do we get in contact? How do people come down and just sample paddle? Because I highly recommend it, folks. If you're particularly here in Melbourne, uh, there are some venues around Australia as well. Well, for those listening outside of Melbourne uh, tonight, um, great workout. You can bring a few mates down. You don't have to be uh, the top shelf at it. You can develop. And you just have a good time, a good social outing as well. Yeah, look, you touched on it earlier and I didn't really answer it properly, but there, there's so many cross-sport players who are coming down to play paddle. You mm. know, guys who've played a bit of footy or, you know, cricket or something like that and they want to try something different. Tennis is a long haul to get to the point where you're really proficient. If you've got four competitive guys or girls on, on a paddle court, yep. you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, to get in touch with us, yeah. So I think probably the easiest way is just to jump on our Instagram page, which is one paddle underscore Australia, and then just go to the link in our bio um, to find the booking. Mm. And if you directly message us, um, you know, just mentioning SEN, we'll give you 50% off the first booking. Very nice. Very nice. You just give me, you give me ideas, Matt. We've been discussing a few ideas. We might have to try and organise a first serve um, gathering of our listeners to come down to the Docklands. That'd be great. We'd uh, for it those down the weekend and, uh, or something. Absolutely, yeah. We could do a show down there, and uh, we could do some great things. It's in a, a terrific setting, and that that area. It's um, I mean, it, people people know where Marvel Stadium is, know where the Balti Bridge is. That's a developing area, isn't it? All around the uh, the Docklands there. Yeah, it is. Um, look, we're right underneath the Balti Bridge, looking back at Marvel Stadium, uh, two hundred six Lorimer Street. We are. Yep. And uh, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Development Victoria because they really supported us, you know, within getting the site. Uh, we've got 4,200 square metres undercover um, and and they sort of supported our vision in the early days to, you know, just see how this emerging sport was going to go. Um, and it's been a great success and, and they've been on board from the start, which has been great. So 
Uh, we talk about Europe. Uh, see, pickleball's taken off in the US. That's been yeah. more US-based, hasn't it? That's right. What's the, the, for those who have heard about pickle and paddle, what's the simplistic uh, difference? Look, I think the easiest way to say it is, is paddle's um, completely enclosed, yep. whereas, whereas pickle, you know, you can mistake it for a small um, tennis court or a you know, Mr. Peewee tennis-type mm. hot shots-style court. Yep. Um, rackets are very similar, um, and, and even scoring and all the rest of it are, but... But yeah, paddle's got the enclosure, uh, which makes it more 360 degree sport, and um, you know, played with harder balls and all the rest. And now your uh, your son Cooper, who's 15, he's uh, 17. 17, sorry, yep. I've uh, aged him. I've made him feel uh, a bit younger. Um, he sort of helped uh, host us uh, down there a few weeks ago. Now I was watching him play. Now he is down there. Uh, probably more than anyone as part of your team five days a week. So you'd think he'd be out on court picking this up pretty quick, but uh, very talented. He's uh, yeah, he's going okay. He um, he plays with some of these boys that I was telling you about earlier that um, are ex you know state grade number yep. one players. And on a tennis court, he'd he'd be wiped. But he's he's really holding his own. And we were having a conversation the other day and said, you know, you know what, you're playing the most paddle in Melbourne because he's the only one facility and he's playing every day. Mm. So yeah, there's a guy out there, Jason Gasper, who's who's one of the partners, okay. and he started off well ahead of Cooper, but now Cooper's just wiping the floor with him. Yep. He, he understands the nuances of the tennis court, yep. um, the paddle court, I should say, and taught us uh, quite a bit. Thanks, Matt. I think we've just sort of – I mean, we're scratching the surface, uh, but I wanted to get you in after we went down there a few weeks ago, and let's continue to follow this up. and yeah, um, We'll uh, certainly – uh, continue to look at it from uh, the first serve uh, point of view and its growth uh, here in Australia over the next, uh, what, six months? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Matt Levy, One Paddle. You can check it out, as Matt said. Go to their Instagram page or visit their website, onepaddle.com.au. If you directly message uh, One Paddle, uh, mention uh, SEN. They'll give you a nice little 50% off your first booking. Go down and have a look if you're in Melbourne and then let us know on the show, uh, how you go. Uh, I do want to mention Asti uh, Tennis Courts. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au, who are great supporters of our show, uh, uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court service and construction uh, specialists. We'll come back and hear from uh, Todd Woodbridge, who had something very interesting to say on Sports Sunday yesterday. And we'll tell you about one of our new podcasts here at The First Serve. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Green Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management at GLGCorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Racing through a Monday night is always great to uh, catch up with Matt Levy in the studio. OnePaddle.com.au if you want to inquire. Uh, Matt Levy, legend. Thank you, Paul Aiken, uh, one of our great listeners on uh, the text. Uh, BP, tell us about your passion about tennis. We'd love to hear. Well, where do I start? <laughs> I don't know. Look, absolutely, there's a passion there uh, for a long time from playing at a beautiful uh, Brushy Creek Tennis Club out there at uh, near Churnside Park on a Sunday morning. Um, no, love the sport, absolutely, and love what we can do to give tennis a platform right across the uh, SEN network from the grassroots to covering all <clears throat> the Aussies to um, the, the topics of passion that exist uh, within tennis. One of those um, topics of passion is UTR. Uh, we've just um, l- um, launched a new podcast called The SA Scene. So if you go to our website, go to the podcast section, apart from us on a Monday night, there's a heap of other podcasts covering different themes in tennis that you can listen to. Uh, the SA scene, uh, for those living in South Australia, but you don't have to be in South Australia to enjoy it, uh, we're going to introduce a number of state-based uh, podcasts. Dane Bennett, 
uh, from Tiger Tennis was a special guest in the first edition, which has just been launched over the weekend. His views on UTR. I think it's definitely a, a good thing, Bevan. My thoughts on UTR are that it's definitely become a fairer way of ranking players on a global scale. It was actually brought in in 2008, many years ago, but it's only really been the last four years where we've really adopted it. UTR is really about giving players an opportunity. It's a more of a fairer playing field for all players. Um, you used to have to enter tournaments, get points, and that would increase your ranking in the ranking system. Now, UTR, you can be a, a social player, you're playing a round-robin tournament, a, a higher-level tournament, or just even a recreational match, and or your ranking is based on the UTR against your opponent, which will either go up or down. And the good thing is, you could be playing someone who is far better than you are in a tennis ability and your ranking could still go up. If you're considered to be beaten, say, 6-love and you win 6-3 or 6-4, your ranking will go up according to their algorithm, which I think is a pretty good thing. And why do you think UTR has caused so much controversy, Dave? What happens with UTR is you can play against a player with a higher rating than you. And if you lose to that player, say if you were to um, be expected to lose 6-1 or 6-2 or whatever that algorithm has worked out and you were to, say, lose 6-4 or just, for instance, in that one set, that would push the UTR rating up for that player, which I think is a good thing. So on the flip side of the coin, though, if you were to, say, defeat your opponent and the algorithm has projected for you to win 6-love and you win 6-4, then your UTR could potentially go down. So even though you're still winning a match, you could, your rating could go down, which I guess could upset some players. Also, every match counts in UTR. So you could be having a, whether it's a club match, a round robin or whatever tournament you're playing, the controversy comes in. So because everything is, everything is being counted, they have a tendency of forfeiting and knowing that the UTR score won't be counted because the match isn't completed. That's where the controversy can come into it. And also what I was going to say was that players that say are wanting to experiment with their game, they may find it hard to do so by going out and knowing that they, ha they may have to play their tennis slightly within themselves because they're they know that their score is going to be counted for the UTR. They cannot experiment or they, they may feel like they can't experiment with their game. So that's Dane Bennett, Tiger Tennis over in Adelaide. The podcast is the SA Scene hosted by Bevan Jones. Check it out at thefirstserve.com.au or however you subscribe. Whatever platform uh, to the first serve and you'll get all our content. Dominic in the mailbag this week, uh, Brett, re-UTR. I've been listening to your show for the past few months and the discussion of the use of UTR as both a rating and ranking system, I feel like very little research must have been done prior to deciding to go down this route. Many of the issues with the UTR, like banding and known mathematical properties of all ELO-derived rating systems, of which UTR is one. Also, the withdrawal problem, the UTR system incentivizes not playing versus playing and losing. The key benefit to a rolling points system is that players cannot lose more points by playing and losing than they would by not playing. So there is no reason to withdraw from a tournament. That's just a little excerpt of uh, Dominic's um, email. Uh, you can send us anything right throughout the week, the first serve, sen at gmail.com. Uh, it was one off the text. I love Mario at uh, Maslin Beach over there in beautiful Adelaide. Who would win the arm wrestle between Todd Woodbridge and Mark Woodford? My money would be on Todd. I'll tell you one thing, Mario, to be on for young and old. Nice little segue into Todd Woodbridge, who said this on Sports Sunday yesterday. Yeah, well, Kyrgios lost in Stuttgart last night, but he seems injury-free and in otherwise good shape. Yes. Could he be a real chance for Wimbledon? <laughs> we hope so, Christy. <laughs> uh, don't if we? If he can keep his cool. 
Yeah, look, interesting with him, he lost to um, a straight sets here to Andy Murray, who obviously now has got to be a good chance. He's a former Wimbledon champion, but Murray's got, you know, steel hips and everything like that. Nick has actually trained and focused on this season. So this is a good start to the grass court season. If there is any player in the field outside of Novak that can play well enough and beat everybody on grass, it's Nick. So it's about how does he deal with the expectation as he goes into this one this time, though? Because, yes, he is a legitimate force and chance to go deep at Wimbledon. We want to to tie you to a specific prediction so (laughs) we can haul you over the coals down the track. Quarterfinal or semi? Well, it'll depend on his draw. Okay. That's it. That's it. If you, you don't want him coming up in a section where Novak might be, which is a possibility. But I think a semi is realistic this year. Okay. And if he gets to the semi and his body's okay and the head's still on the shoulders, anything can happen. Now, Todd. Now, I work with Todd. I respect Todd. Todd is a champion. Won far more Grand Slams than I have. So the word of Todd Woodbridge will stand above my words any day. But come on, Todd. We're kidding ourselves, aren't we? Uh BP, I'm utterly convinced we're never going to see the best of Kyrgios. I'm his biggest fan, this is Chris in Bateman's Bay, but it seems there's always just too much going on in his head for him to ever knuckle right down and give it everything he's got. And we'll all be the poorer for it, Nick included. I don't have to really uh, add anything, I think, uh, to that uh, statement. I can't, uh, I can't see it happening. Brett, I love your show, The First Serve, on the... Uh, email this week from Colm. I think it'd be great to use your show as a forum to address the outrageously poor prize money on the ITF and Challenger Tours for a major world sport like tennis to have only one top 100, to have only the top 100 to 150 players on the men's and the women's circuits earning a decent living is very disappointing in my opinion. There are many thousands of soccer players earning a good living. A comparable sport to tennis such as uh, golf has many times more players earning a good living. Can I um, get you, Colin? Check out The Grind. It's another one of our podcasts at thefirstserve.com.au, which talks about the Challenger and the ITF circuits. We caught up with the head of the ATP Challenger Tour, Alex Johnston, last week. So have a listen to that. We'll continue to pick up that conversation, but certainly don't disagree with you. Yarra Tennis Coaching, it's a beautiful Eaglemont Tennis Club just off the Eastern Freeway. Shane Scrutton will give you a very good lesson. Over 30 years coaching experience. Check him out. Yarratennis.com.au will certainly improve your game whether you're a complete beginner or a serious player. Another show done. If you missed it live, catch the podcast and we'll do it all again leading up to Wimbledon next Monday from 8 o'clock. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.